I'm already down, girl. I'm even girl. No, they believe in you, Nina. I believe in you. We all believe in you. Do not, do not. He ain't going on. Right. And if for any reason you find yourself in that bottom two, you better fight that mother fight. Because, hey, listen to me. Think about every little dark-skinned brown girl out there that anyone has told that they didn't deserve it, they didn't belong, that they weren't worth it, and that it was too much for them to want it. You do it for all of them. Not just you. Every single one of them. We are doing this for more than just us. You understand what I'm saying? So do not give up. Because if you give up, you tell them that it's okay to give up in the situations that they are dealing with, and that ain't okay. Because this world is way too rough for them to give up. You know how to perform. You know how to do this. I'm not ready to lose you. I'm not ready to lose you as my sister is coming. Please don't. Please don't. If anything, can you please just do it for me? Can you do it for me, Nina? I love you. Thank you so much. No, thank you, Shane. Thank you for that. Thank you. I really love you. All right, so not only is Shea Coulee killing it on the runway, killing it in the challenges, killing it in the talking heads, but then she comes out with this speech to Nina that I thought was so... I mean, there was so much about it that she was saying that was so true and so powerful, but I think what equally what struck me was what this speech said about where who these contestants are performing in front of on season nine of Drag Race, what the audience looks like and what the the terms of being a contestant on the show are now. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because drag used to be uh, this kind of sub, subversive underground thing where, yes, drag queens were icons and they were community organizers. But all of a sudden now, because drag is so much more mainstream, there's more gravity to it. So while this kind of conversation, I feel like, could have happened, you know, between two drag queens, like, hey, when you get out there, you know, you got you to gotta, you gotta be good because there are, you know, the gay, the gay population is watching. But now, since drag is on TV, on VH1, not that they knew it, but since it's on TV and there are so many young people watching, I feel like what Shay was saying to Nina is what a lot of, what a lot of people of color on TV are, might be feeling, the gravity of their representation in the, in the fact that there are people of color, especially queer people of color watching, watching drag race and taking notes and rooting for them, rooting hard for them because they see themselves in these characters, in these people on the screen. So if you have someone like Nina Bonina Brown, who is constantly fighting her inner saboteur, just like so many gay people, just like so many people of color, just like so many women, just like so many people that are marginalized in our society, by her giving up, it is then, in a way, allowing people seeing that, allowing them to see, oh, okay, I can give up too, because she did. All right. right. Yeah, you're right. It's too hard. It's too hard. You're right. It's too hard. Right. Well, you know, what's interesting is I was um, I was catching up on the Tony Soto show the other day. Um, I was behind uh, a few episodes. And, you know, what's what's great. And if people who are listening to the show, I recommend checking out the Tony Soto show because Shea Coulee is a frequent, you know, uh, co-host on the show. And so. Uh, it's particularly exciting to listen to now because you really do get kind of some like insider tea and like behind the scenes tea and like what the experience was like. It was similar to like the, the Katya reflections or the regrets or whatever. You kind of get a similar point of view. And I was re-listening to it. It was like two episodes ago. 
and they were talking about um, – actually, I think Shay brought it up, and they were talking about this idea of um, being role models, you know, and this idea of being a role model and uh, and having that kind of – that responsibility now. And, like, are, are these contestants role models? And it's like, like it or not, you are because of yeah, the like it or not, you are. That's yeah. so well said. Like it or not, you are. And there are so many people – even RuPaul, her fucking self, rejects – the idea that she has to be somebody's role model. She rejects it. Mm-hmm. She also she also has the privilege to reject it. But right. whether RuPaul likes it or not, she is someone who moves and shakes. She is now Time Magazine's most like one of the most iconic people, you know. So yeah. With with that even said, it's like you 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 just can't say whatever whatever. You, you I'm not I'm nobody's mother. I'm nobody. You know. It's just like well, this you just you put said. out a song called "Call Me Mother." Right. So, right. I, you know, so I think to Shay's point on the episode and then obviously on, on Tony's show, uh, the Tony Soto show, um, I feel like they that it doesn't matter what you think. It's about right. it's about the power of media and the, the, the fact and even us as podcasters. Right. Like we're in people's heads on screen. We're, we're they are in people's homes. They're in people's bars. They're in people's conversations. We're talking about them. We're affected by these queens. They have so much agency right now. Yeah. So for 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 Shay to say to Nina, listen, you got to do that. If you're not going to do this for yourself, you got to do it for me. Right. Mm-hmm. Or you got to do this for all of the of, of the little black people watching, right? These these young folk that are watching and rooting for you and rooting for themselves mm-hmm. to figure shit out and to yeah. fucking climb out of this, you know, this marginalization that that society has put them into. Yeah. It, it it's a it was a really really great moment. And you know, I want to say that the clip itself is is super obnoxious, right? Because there's talking and laughing going on. Yeah. And I think that's just the problem of untucked like I'm I, my hat is off to the people, the producers of Untucked, for putting this clip in there despite the sound problems, because they were like, "This is gold. We they, we're not going to recreate this, yeah. and we have to keep it." So the laughter, okay, here it is. So anyway, it it bugged me. So we're sorry for the clip of the week being a little um, bad quality. Yeah, we kind of had to sort of extract you know the gold from the dirt, right? And so I think, uh, and I think as much as we're talking about this idea, I mean, it it, it dovetails much of what we talked about with the you know the idea of the underdogs and the ones that we identify with the jinx monsoons like the the queens that people identify with and thus root for there's so much about that and and at the same time there's so much about about nina you know the character of nina bonina brown on drag race and Mm -hmm. what she's going through and this whole inner saboteur thing and you know that thing that RuPaul said on the runway to her, which was just so powerful about like she's seen so many people who have used their victimhood as a badge of honor. Oh, beautifully said. Oh my God! I mean, that would when she comes out with truths like that, I'm like nobody else is talking about this on television, right? That like this, you know what I mean? Like nobody's coming out with truths like that. And, yeah, and that is that is a problem that plagues many oppressed people, mm-hmm. right? Where where the one of the powers of an oppressor is to make the oppressed oppress themselves. Right, do and, the work and, for them, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And wearing that victimhood as a badge of honor is a way to keep yourself down. You know, it's interesting. Uh, one, of the, one of the things that happened with, Nonina, with Nina in this episode is that we found out that she actually didn't unpack. Oh, uh, yeah. And I, and I, I mean, when she, and this was after, of course, we found out that she didn't get to be Black China. And she's super salty about it, right? She just she's become obsessed with this idea 
that she can't shake. She can't shake what she thought was supposed to be, which is a sign of an artist for sure. But it's also one that, you know, has trouble growing. And I feel like, you know, when you don't get something you want or when 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 something is out of your control, you can choose to be upset about it or you can choose to be happy some other way. Yeah. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we're watching Nina choosing sabotage. We're watching her choose unhappiness. Yeah. In, well, in, in very in very kind of unreal time. But I that's what we're watching. And so when I hear RuPaul say something like, you're wearing your victimhood as a badge of honor, it's like you are choosing this. And when Shay says to her, please do this for people, we need to know that we can overcome what what sickness and toxicity has been ingrained in us since we were kids. Right. And and there's also that element of, you know, the season nine element of of knowing you're on TV. Like Shay is kind of speaking from this place of like, listen, girl, like we represent stories. We represent points of view. We represent issues. Like that's part of what being on Drag Race is. This is part of what you signed up for. And so you're a story right now. You know, that that, that sort of meta understanding of like we we see it we see it manifest in really obnoxious ways like all of the kind of talking over each other that we've seen in the early episodes of Untucked. But this is like a really interesting version of knowing you're on TV, knowing cameras are rolling. It's kind of like it's not just taking advantage of an opportunity. It's understanding the responsibility that you've been given as as a quote unquote character on Drag Race and things like not unpacking your suitcase. I mean that yeah. that's powerful like that's so yeah. representative i think there's um there's such an emotional commitment it's not just physical unpacking there's such an emotional commitment oh to, wow well said well you know said. to yeah. unpacking your bag here and, i'm here i'm here and i'm gonna and i'm gonna get settled and i'm gonna take the risk that i might have to pack these bags in a week you know what and I mean? it's like, crazy it's crazy to me because she's so talented mm. she's i mean she she, she killed Every look in the first three weeks. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I think that that's, you know, she's so talented. She's been killing the runway. She's been doing great in the challenges. It's like this this point of view she has about herself is so unwarranted. Yeah, right. it, it, it boggles me. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if Shay's speech or anybody's speech is going to get the, get through to her, right? Well, Something yeah. has, to, has to shift for Nina. And we might not see Nina shift yeah. during this and that's kind of what I feel like is being set up here with the iconic tear. By the way, Chad Sell, oh. if you're listening, I will buy every version yeah. of your drawing. I will buy every version of Nina Bonina Brown's tear on her face. Oh, my God. Every I... version that you come up with. T-shirt, hat, print, everything. Because that, to me, oh, my God. It, iconic. It, represent, it, it, yeah, it, represent, it represents so much about what Drag Race is, is to me and why it's, why it's so important. Well, a so, mascara yeah. flooded tear is so drag race. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, it's that she so... doesn't wipe away. She oh. doesn't even clean up. Even in the untucked, she no. just leaves it. It's part of the look. It's it's so <laughs> fabulous. It's so fabulous. Oh. You know, I think um, Roxy Andrews had a mascara tear. I think on the runway when she was talking about um, you know being left to the bus stop that moment. It there's something there's something about it. But Nina's was just. It was oh. just this controlled, thick it black tear. <laughs> it came down in slow motion. Oh my god! Yeah, I, I really, I agree. Just an iconic moment, and 
and I am cheering for Nina to push through this. You know, we talk about, we've talked about this on Twitter, that there's not that we're trying to say that one queen is always another version of another one. But if we're going to draw comparisons, there's obviously a, a comparison to Trinity K. Bonet. And unfortunately, what's lacking this season is a Bianca Del Rio to help Nina Bonita push through. You know what I mean? Yeah, because you would think it would be like an Alexis Michelle, but as we found out and we'll talk about later... Alexis Michelle needs her own Bianca Del Rio. Oh, girl. Oh, I cannot wait to get into <laughs> talking about Alexis Michelle this week. Well, you know, you know, I would love let's, you know, let's get into things. Um, yeah. Well, before we get into things, why don't you tell our listeners what they're listening to? Well, if, if you're not aware of what you're listening to at this point, let me catch you girls up. You're, of course, listening to another episode of All Right, Mary. All right, Mary. All right, Mary, which is our podcast dedicated to all things Drag Race, the world of Drag Race, and the paradigm that RuPaul has created with this little TV show. I'm Johnny. And I am Colin. And today we are continuing our recap and hashing out of season nine. Uh, and this is, of course, and, you know, I'm like RuPaul. I never remember the names of the episode, so I'm just calling it Kardashian the Musical. I think it's Reality Star. Yeah, Reality Star I don't the think musical. they're allowed to call it. Kardashian. Yeah, yeah, I think there's some. Yeah, I copyright. noticed that they couldn't actually call it Kardashian the musical in the title of the episode. It was like, all right, Chris Jenner, all right, get, <laughs> you get that copyright infringement, girl. Yeah, all right. Reality stars, the musical, okay. right? All right, yeah, all right, Mary, like, yeah, the off-brand version. <laughs> um, it's like what you find in the Dollar Tree. You're like, oh, Reality yeah. Stars, the musical. <laughs> <laughs> So, so let's 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 just dive right in because we have a, we obviously have a lot to talk about today, um, and I, I think we've got some really interesting things that we want to get to. But I wanted to just drop in some tidbits before we get to those interesting things. Cool. I think that we have we have long rehashed and hashed out the whole Charlie Hyde's not lip syncing and why we don't need to. You know, the, obviously the episode starts with the queens diving into a conversation that. We've had pretty extensively already, but the one thing I wanted to add, um, and this was from, I posted this on Twitter, but every week there's always someone on Reddit who posts the, uh, the viewing party tea from Roscoe's in Chicago. And it's always like great, like extra tea, you know, like, uh, just a couple extra cups, you know, but, uh, (laughs) and so I think this past week it was Alexis and Farrah were hosting. And and so we were talking last week about Charlie with the rib and I don't know if I believe this and all that. Um, and I think, uh, Charlie Hydes was a guest on, um, straight talk with Ross Matthews the past week. And she talked about, you know, the, the, the rib issue. Well, what Alexis had confirmed was that during the cheerleading practice that apparently Aja had kicked Charlie in the ribs accidentally and bruised those it. Hooves. Those hooves. <laughs> when you hear those hooves clack and you know Aja's coming, you know? <laughs> you always know it's Aja when you hear those hooves, I think was the, was the actual <laughs> yeah, quote. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, I thought that was just – that was interesting. But that being said, it was like, okay, thanks for the extra detail. But the reality of the situation is – Next, you know what I mean? We got totally, we, we got totally. shit to do. Sorry, you just totally. stood there for whatever reason. You just stood there. Love you, girl. But I don't know. Eureka, Eureka hurt her knee and she was ready to lip sync. She was still in the challenge. I mean, she's still doing things that she, yeah. she's trying. She I mean, amazing. that's a really good contrast. Is like, meanwhile, and that was one of the things that really endeared me to Eureka this episode was her willingness. She's like, you know what? I, I got this far. I didn't come this far to come this far. Like, I. I'm going to do what I got to do to make this work right. until you literally have to tell me to leave. And I, right. I respect that. 
Um, I know that we want to get into talking about the mini challenge because, oh, surprise, there's a mini challenge this episode. Um, but I wanted to just mention it's kind of a drag race trope of having kind of the act one gun of the talking head. You know, I always sure. think of, you know, the classic example is like Thorgy saying like, you know, Derek's the next to go, Chi-Chi's the next to go. You know, they, they, they kind of either set it up as like, I got to send these bitches home, I need to shine, or um, whatever it is. The queen either – the queen who gives that talking head either does really well or fails. Um, and so in this case, we got two Act 1 guns. There was Alexis talking about how she needs to kind of rise up from being safe every week, which, of course, we've seen. Um, and Nina talking about how she kind of wants to see some of these queens falter. And it kind of sets up – two sort of parallel storylines that we've already started talking about Nina and we'll get into Alexis, uh, that we're going to see running through this episode. Yeah. I, of course, I always, I always love thinking about that when I watch the episode. And of course I'm so excited to watch the episode that I forget to listen for it. And you know, so, uh, yeah, but it was the second watch. The second watch is when you notice those, those yes. act one guns. Absolutely. Oh, the first time I watched it, I'm just um, like, all right, so- yeah, I'm just like sitting there like nobody make a sound. I'm watching for the first time. But the second and third time, I'm like, all right, all right. let's let's tear this baby apart. You know? Yeah. So so the mini challenge, we finally have our first mini challenge of the season, which, OK, fine. It came. Maybe it's because there's less queens. Who knows? I the, the only thing that I found odd about this mini challenge was that, first of all, it was so subjective who won. Her oh. her picture was actually like not the best, no. and like what was like what was the what was the deciding factor? Was it just the queen, or was it like can you see all their faces? Anyway, she won a thousand dollars from FierceQueen.com, and I don't understand why it was a thousand dollars. Yeah, you know, like, that's for a lot a... of money for a, for a little thing. Well, yeah, so, for... so for me, it sounds like it's it sounds like it's like a uh, that it's just for an advertisement, right? Like it's for scruff advertisements it must be right or a selfie stick something that had money to give them because obviously we see the scruff pit crew again and just as my act one smoking gun uh all i have to say is why are you having the scruffed pit crew on in the same episode that you're talking about why gay men have eating disorders anyway oh, that's okay. coming later um, all right i hadn't <laughs> thought of that you know and that's are the- that's coming later. <laughs> are are they still the Scruff Pit Crew, or are they just Pit Crew now? I couldn't tell if they were still branded. Um, but that's a very interesting okay, point. Okay, you're right. That's kind of like when Sasha won a year's worth of hamburgers at 20 minutes after talking about having an eating disorder. It was like, oh boy, right. this is weird timing. Right. Um, I mean, right. to win a thousand dollars for what was maybe one of the slightest mini challenges they've ever had. I mean, it was like, so the challenge is to take a picture with the selfie stick got it okay like you know what it's very appropriate to the kardashian musical to be honest i mean because they get paid to just take pictures didn't kim kardashian put she did she published a book of selfies yeah really yeah that's true oh i I, she published a book of selfies. (laughs) i guess i i completely missed that uh, on the New York Times bestseller list, so whoops. Well, you're lucky then. You're lucky. Yeah, yeah. yeah you I succeeded. W- <laughs> yeah, well, you succeeded. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was pretty arbitrary that Alexis won. I mean, you know, there's that part of me that that is kind of looking at this all from this like global point of view. Like I'm seeing things from like a, like sixty four thousand feet up, and it's like, 
oh, well, perfect, because now they're going to do Kardashian's musical, and now she gets to pick her role, and now she can be Kris Jenner, right. which it all just felt yes, so yes. perfect, you know, that like – Right, and, right. We've seen and, her do Kris Jenner before. I can't believe she got to do it. I'm so happy. Oh, I mean, <laughs> you know, in the, in the evolution of Alexis as mom, as the mom of the season, it was just like another iteration, <laughs> you know? It's like now she's momager. <laughs> She was the she was the yeah. the mom. She was the mom at the you know in the lingerie. Like, honey, what was that? Hearing something in the middle of the night. She's she's been <laughs> even like the drag princess was kind of you know matronly and mommy. Like, she's obviously okay, the mom sure. of our yeah, yeah. Mother Earth. You know? yeah. yeah, yeah. And so it was just like, all right, all right. I mean, and I don't want to jump ahead, but I have to say that when Alexis said in Untucked Later. I'm not finished. I was like, oh, and now you're that kind of mom. Now you're like my mom. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I know you. I grew up with this, and I'm not finished. <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, and she, yeah, and she also says, she also says, I've done it. I've done it. <laughs> oh, a woman's work, you know. <laughs> Just. <laughs> It's like my mother when she's just like, yeah, hang me by my thumbs. Right. I'm the worst oh, mother ever. I'm you know, terrible. Everything I'm I, awful. Everything I give to my girls, I was like, oh, okay. Oh, they're your girls I now. never get anything back. I never get anything back. Right, yeah, Your right. girls, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, we obviously uh, I mean, can't. Uh, anyway, wait to so dive in. So, yeah. so so moving on, um, the 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 roles are picked. Obviously, Alexis gets to choose them all. Um, did you have any thoughts on on her picking some of these? Well, I had two thoughts. I mean, I had three thoughts. One is I would knowing Alexis does a, a Chris Jenner illusion. Knowing like when she was told you get to pick your own role in Kardashian the Musical, I was just like, you are feeling the fuck out of your oats right now. Like, you are like, oh my god, I'm doing a Broadway musical challenge where I get to pick one of my, like, signature illusions. I mean, like... Sure. Like, I, th- I mean, at that point, it, talk about an act one gun, she was probably like, I've got this in the fucking bag, Mary. Yeah, yeah. You know? It's hers to lose. It's hers to it, lose. It and was. as we'll see later... As we're seeing later, she she sabotaged herself. But anyway, oh, yes. So so, yes. so so you're okay. So you have two more thoughts. Two more so thoughts. the one I wanted to say could, you know, pheromone. I just I don't know why the this one was with so, the lips. The one with the lips. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you got that too. <laughs> the, one, <laughs> the one with the lips. <laughs> no, she's the one with the lips. And the way she says lamps yeah, she was says, so yeah. – I mean this was the moment where Pheromone uh, – where she became my season nine Jocelyn Fox. Where I was just like, you <laughs> – you sweet little – what are you – like I'm so endeared that I'm looking past all the flaws because there's something about Pheromone this episode that – and we'll talk about it later because it's a lot about what happened at the end of the episode. But that moment, the one with the lips, was just so cute. Um, I also have to say that as much as Nina was being uh, salty as fuck, she, she would have been really perfect as Black China. And I actually There's think no that question. she would have been I, yeah, phenomenal. And I think that Shea could have done more with Chloe. I think, but I think I think that speaks more to. Shea Coulee as a top drag queen because Shea exactly. Coulee is that versatile. Whereas, whereas Black China is Nina Bonina Brown, like it's perfect. Right. But Shea Coulee 
we have to talk about it later, but like she fucking killed it. So Oh, of course. Oh, this is so much more about how Shay is uh I love that she's both a top queen and versatile. She's top first. Uh but she uh I yes, I <laughs> <laughs> I I agree. I think this says first so much top. First top, yeah. Shea Coulee, first top. Uh, I love that she, I mean, she could have done either role, whereas Nina probably only could have excelled as Black China. She didn't do terribly as Chloe, but well, like... Well, I think Nina, I think Nina could have excelled at any of them, but she had this, again, she had it set in her mind. And I know certain artists, when they have a set idea, they cannot shake that vision. They yep. cannot shake what they think in their head to be the art that they want to make. Yeah. So, like, for instance, with, with her peach look and with her alien look, she wasn't satisfied. Yeah. Because it wasn't exactly how she thought it was going to be. And so even with Black China, had she gotten Black China, I think she would have – I mean, she would have killed it. She would have slayed Of course. It, it would have been course. her moment. But it was a great test for her and her saboteur, actually – to see her not be Black China, and I'm glad that she stuck around. I'm glad that like she didn't get you know sent home. Oh, um, yeah. We'll see what happens next week at Snatch Game because that will be a true test. Is Snatch Game? So, oh God, I hope she anyway. does Jasmine Masters. They- I hope she plays Jasmine Masters. I just, <laughs> I just, I, it, it would be ev- it would be her. It would be so fucking phenomenal. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I, have you seen it? Have you seen the clip of her doing it on YouTube? It's so funny. Yes, of course. Of course. Oh. She's, we should post that to uh, yes, Twitter, yeah. absolutely. Um, so I, I, I did. So want to we s- should. Yes, go ahead. Oh, I just wanted to say, and, and maybe we're moving into this, but you know, as we're kind of looking at the queens, kind of breaking up into teams and whatnot, uh, or just kind of uh, you know starting to work on the roles. I just wanted to point out, I, I, this, I might be getting onto a Jocelyn Foxish Farah kick, but. When Farrah is sitting with Valentina and she's got like the blue hair on and she's got the hat, but she's wearing no makeup, that like the way she looked, I was just like, we've all gone to college with that girl. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that girl and Megan Trainer and that fucking unicorn onesie. I was like, I've gone to college with both of you. I've seen you both in the in the in the you know the cafeteria, you know, like I've seen you both yeah, just yeah, like yeah, stoned yeah, at the yeah. end of a table. I've seen you show up to class <laughs> and who I'm wearing my onesie. Like there was just something about the way that Farrah looked where I was like, ugh, I did not ever want to have to talk to you in like sophomore through senior year of college once I cottoned on to how annoying you were. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I can't think of who she reminds me of, but there was just something very familiar about the way she looked in that moment. Okay, so next we go to the rehearsal with the Tajik Hall. And for me, this whole rehearsal, uh, the only thing that's really noteworthy for me is, A, it, we seeing Nina act, kind of act out in this. And there's uh, some great quotes. And then also seeing Eureka in crutches, which I think is uh, a different step. I don't think we really saw her too much. I mean, she was hobbling later, but we didn't really see her in crutches at this point. So uh, what I love the most is when they made that Safe by the Bell reference, um, which some people might not know, but I, I was living for it. So there's this episode of Saved by the Bell where there's a dance contest at the Max, and Lisa, uh, Lisa Turtle, my spirit animal, mm-hmm. she um, ankle, and so she can't dance with Zach Morris. So she actually has to dance with Screech. And they invent that step called the sprain, and she <laughs> just hops and that's the dance move. 
and then oh. they win. <laughs> you know, I did not know what that reference was, so thank you for that. So, okay. Um, You're welcome. Well, now I know. Uh, you know, I I really admired, you know, and this is so in, in contrast to what we're seeing with Nina, I really admire, and I think I said this before, I really admire Eureka's willingness, like, she's like to hobble on you know despite despite the crutches like I yeah. think her willingness to be like listen i'm here i'm gonna make this work i mean that attitude is really important uh and i it made me like sure. eureka a lot more i grew to like eureka a lot more this episode than i think i was really feeling in past episodes because of her attitude um i also okay. yeah I that's also, fair i mean I, I i still have my qualms about eureka but i still you know, I, I, mad, I have mad respect for her as an artist. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, I I do have to say that I really appreciated, you know, and we talked about this, you know, off off the air, but we were talking about Todrick, and I was saying that, you know, Todrick Hall, I think, as a, as a judge, doesn't come across as the most impactful judge, but as an artist, I mean, I was watching, I saw a clip that someone posted on the Reddit, like, a week ago. It was, um, like, behind the scenes of one of these, um, he has this, like, straight out of Oz uh album and tour and whatnot this you know this whole sort of thing he's created and it was a behind the scenes of one of the videos that he was doing for this uh with rupaul and i was so i mean todrick hall is so talented he is so i mean he does everything and has such a vision and has such a a I just, I, I really have, I mean, talk about someone I have respect for now, like watching that and watching him in this rehearsal, you know, what I really appreciated about Todrick, and this should come as no surprise, is that I really felt like he was, unlike some of the other sort of directions we've seen the girls be given in challenges in the past, he was giving some like direction on nuance that I was really appreciating. I really felt like he was, like he was saying to like Eureka, like essentially how do you portray who Northwest is via nuance? And especially for Eureka, because she couldn't really do sure. anything else. And, you know, so yeah, anybody who's looking that, you know, that granularly at how the performance should work and like what it takes to convey this, I think um, it wasn't just generic, like you just need to serve it. He was like, what are the qualities? What do you want to express? What am I, what energy am I getting from you as a performer? As a director, he was, I think he was giving them what we were seeing was really solid direction. Sure. Oh, totally. And, and to Todrick's kind of strengths though, in this episode, him interacting with Nina, I thought was really, really brilliant when yeah. he's, when Nina was all like, Oh, I'm Chloe. I'm always in the back. And then his response was right off the cuff. And he said, Oh yeah, it's a tough life, baby. Black lives matter. Yeah. For, so, so in so in, in like literally two seconds, he evokes, the importance of a social movement, right? He's like, yes, I get it. I'm with you. It's tough. We have to fucking fight, right? right? We have right. to fight and we have to, that's, that's all we have to do. And that's what he's, that's all, that's all his response to her saboteur was, which yeah. I loved. And like draw inspiration that. from that, right? Like pull from yeah. that and like put it in this moment, you know, which is, which is so, right. we, we always like talk about like what's on brand. It's such a RuPaul brand thing is like, pull from this other place where you feel a lot of energy and put it in this thing, you mm -hmm. know, like you can transfer sure, it. Sure. And there was a bit of that there. Yeah. Right. Um, and you know what I also loved about this rehearsal is that there was a lot of um, positivity in this rehearsal. For me, yeah. at least I saw 
that really, really funny moment where Cynthia was like, you're killing cockroaches. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and Aja was just stomping. Uh, and everybody was laughing. And there was this like kind of joy and ease. And yeah. we've never really seen that captured in Drag Race before. I'm sure it's happened. But uh, it's never really been shown. And I, I thought that was a really great moment. Uh, not, not to mention also... My favorite moment was also Alexis's really cute floral sweater. It was just like of this flowery sweater that she was wearing. And <laughs> right. I was like, oh, okay, girl. All right. Yeah, challenge that binary. Go for it. Right. It was, oh, it was so cute. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I felt like there was um, – unlike we've really seen in past sort of rehearsals and like uh, of performance challenges, there was a lot of fun that was being had. And I, I really enjoyed seeing Cynthia and Aja kind of working out that choreography. Uh, it, it's moments like that. And, you know, when they're back in the workroom and Aja's talking about her nose in the mirror, I'm, I'm very charmed by Aja, like the performer of Aja. Uh, I, I, there's something about him I'm, I'm, I'm drawn to that I'm not, I didn't expect. I really, I really kind of just like, it's like Shea Coulee. I'm like, I just kind of like who you seem to be. Um, and there, there was something in, in that in, like, moment. In real life. In real life, you know? And I think you that mean, that's, yeah, yes, yeah. exactly, exactly. Like, I mean, the, 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 the Aja, the drag queen certainly, uh has her merits but the the boy underneath aja the performer underneath i'm i'm very charmed by you know uh okay. and that of course takes us to this so, moment in the yes. workroom that i also found very charming when aja was like is my nose getting smaller and then alexis you know i there there are two things i, I love i love when things get canadian and i love when they get jewish if i can get both Double happiness. But I loved when when Alexis was like, it's a Hanukkah miracle. Aja's nose got smaller. It was like, oh, Alexis. <laughs> Jew out, girl. Jew out. I love it. It's yeah. it's totally an aesthetic and a tone. And RuPaul pulls this tone as well. Like He plays that character as well. That borscht belt kind of Jewish humor quality. And I love that. So I just wanted to give that air time. Like a felt. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so we're back in the workroom. Um, you know, I there. There's one before we talk about you know the elephant in the room. Uh, mm. We should talk about one quote that I thought was very on brand and very drag was, "When life gives you lemons, you take rhinestones and cover up that lemon." And I feel mm. like for a lot of drag queens, that is, it's almost like a be- It's a beautiful mantra where right. where. Many queens and gay men, for instance, and women, any any kind of marginalized uh, people, they they have a shitty hand, right? And drag queens take that hand and they find what's beautiful, and 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 create it, right? They yeah. find what's beautiful about them, about their art, about what they can express, and they and they cover up all of that bullshit, and yeah. and, and, and beam. Yeah, well, you know, that makes me think about there's makes me think about two things. One, it makes me think about an interview that RuPaul did with The Advocate um, maybe uh, sometime last year. And one of the things that she had said was, you know, we all don't get dealt the same hand. And like, it's just this cruel reality that we all do not get the same hand of cards and we have to work with what we're given. And if you can, if you can make peace with that, you can go somewhere like you just have to accept that you might not be given as good a hand as other people, but it's what you do with it. Um, the other thing. That right. That and I'm, we're not saying like, oh, you can pull yourself up by the bootstraps because obviously we know that's not true. That is all the American dream is, is a big myth, right? It was it was just a, a ploy. But what I think RuPaul is saying is not you can be rich and famous just like RuPaul, but it's you can be happy. You yeah. can find happiness. Yeah. You can oh. choose happy. Yep. 
Yeah, it, and that happy does not equal rich and famous. There are so many people who will right. attest to oh. that. Um, the other thing that's made Lindsay me think... Lohan, for instance. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> she just cut half her finger off. How happy is she? Uh, the, the other thing, that this, the, the yeah, thing that's made that me think... True? It's true. Yeah, no, it was like it happened like a few months ago. Uh, yeah, so the other thing it made me think about was um, Paris is Burning, and it made me think about ball culture, and it made me think about the idea of, like... You may come from quote unquote nothing, but like you can you can create the the you can the illusion or the moment or the experience that you want to create. You want to feel opulent. You want executive realness. You want you know whatever the category is. Like you can create that, and it's a really powerful metaphor for like our own manifestation abilities. Like that you you choose the world you live in. You know, I mean, I know there's exceptions, right? Sure. But like, and I'm not trying to speak for people who are in. A situation they have not chosen, but especially in those moments, there is something about choosing how to see it, how to respond to it, um, what your next step is in spite and despite it, uh, that changes everything. And I think that that little, right. that little quote really speaks to that. It's like, you know, put rhinestones on it, you know, like turn it into yeah. something <laughs> else. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, use what you love to do. Anyway. Yeah. So the next uh, the next kind of big thing that obviously happened, which we go to over to our social justice corner. Yes. And we're talking about another social justice issue. But I have to I, – I, we, we should say that right up front. We understand that these issues on TV are sometimes coming off as maybe a little phony or we're kind of a little over it. We don't want to think about these issues when they're on, on TV. But for me, that's kind of exactly why they need to be in the show, especially because Eureka was going home. I'm really happy that she had this moment where she was able to apologize and be like, you know what? I'm really sorry I said, you know, that I just like said, oh, Valentina, you have an eating disorder. Like, right. like that was really, really callous of her. And she got to apologize, which I think is, is super important. And it opened up this discussion between Sasha, Shay, Valentina. That was really, uh, really important Mm-hmm. for the gay community here. Um, and one thing yeah. I love the most is when, when they said how there's, there's power in confiding in your sisters, right? There is mm-hmm. power in, in, in having that confidence, right? Being able to tell somebody what you're struggling with is only going to make you powerful because you will feel more support. Yeah. Oh, completely. There, <clears throat> there's something about when, no matter what your struggle is, is when you share it with somebody, whoever that may be, a friend, a helpline, a therapist, whoever it is, there's something about sharing it that takes you the next step towards healing. Like that can, the first right. step could be admitting it to yourself. The next step is admitting it to somebody else. And at least there's an ownership and there's a sense of community and there's a sense of we're all in this together. Um, yeah. I mean, so it's a really powerful message. Sure. Is the producer's hand a little heavy this time around? Is it convenient that Sasha and Valentina are doing their makeup next to each other and Eureka can kind of get between them and they can have that kind of framed moment in the mirror? Does that all feel a bit produced? Yes. But I think we've acknowledged at this point that sometimes Sometimes you got to steer the ship a little bit or the producers have to steer the ship a little bit to get these issues in there. Yeah. But it doesn't invalidate the importance right. of talking about, yeah, no, eating disorders and, and unnatural beauty standards in the gay community. Like, I still want to yeah. see that talked about on TV, you know? Yeah, no, I think it's super important. And, 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 and to go back to my point, I can't believe that they had this beautiful discussion about coming across as strong, beautiful creatures when they're really struggling underneath with these issues and – 
you know, it's prevalent in the gay community, all of these amazing things. And yet, meanwhile, on the same episode, Mm -hmm. we have the pit crew with ripped, chiseled bodies to represent sex and lust. And you wonder... While they're while they're like, oh yeah, there's so many factors that create eating disorders, like family and friends and coming out of the closet and stress, you know. But to be perfectly honest with you, media representation of gay men is definitely, for me, what I see as as one of the most toxic ones and one of the easiest ones. Yeah. So and 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 I and I'm gonna go off for a little bit. Colin. sorry. Go for it's it. Kind of like my little rant right now, but like mm-hmm. it is, it is so hard. For a man, unfortunately, to say that he has an eating disorder, right? Because unfortunately, mm-hmm. eating disorders are gendered. For, mm-hmm. So anyone can have an eating disorder, right? Everyone, every type of person can have an eating disorder. But for some reason, men can't cry for help. They can't call out. They can't ask their friends or talk to their friends about it because it'll just go unnoticed or it'll be like, oh, whatever. Uh, you're, you know, it, it doesn't ring true when a male – wants to come forward and say, I have an eating disorder. It doesn't ring true for people. Mm -hmm. So while, and I will say this, you know, I was looking up some, some statistics about um, eating disorders. And obviously there, the one that I found was that gay men are disproportionately found to have body image uh, disturbances and eating disorder behavior Mm -hmm. more so than, than straight men. Right. But the problem with that statistic is that I think heterosexual men wouldn't even seek treatment for eating disorders because they don't think that, men having eating disorders is a thing, right? And they, they mm. might also be afraid to be labeled as gay or feminine or whatever. So there's barriers for men to even come forward. So while I'm certain in my mind, my hypothesis would be that gay men are more likely to have an eating disorder, men men do. Men do, maybe not as much as women, um, but I think both sexes, both genders, feel the pressures to... to to fix their bodies to look like the ideal. And the other thing that I, I also want to make sure that I say is that uh, I also found out that a sense of connectedness to the gay community was related to fewer eating disorders, hmm. right? So that suggests that like by talking to other gay people and feeling connected to other gay people and coming out of the closet and talking about gay issues and to put it a little lightly, like going out to brunch with your gay buddies, right? That that will actually have a more protective effect against eating disorders. So if I'm going to be a little PSA right now, I'm sorry for our listeners that are keeping this light at work, but my PSA is A, bring your gay male friends to brunch with you and make sure that you eat your fucking faces off. And <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I, I just, I, there, there are national eating disorder hotlines that are out there. You just Google the number. I would give you the number if you want. I can tweet it to you, whatever. But you could just call and talk to somebody about the problems that you're having. As somebody that has struggled with um, with eating before, right? Like I've had eating disorders. Um, it's super important to talk about it with someone because if you're not talking about it, then it's not real yet. Yeah. Oh, that's a big point. It's not real until you're talking about it. Not only are you carrying the weight of something on your own by not talking about it, but by talking about it, you have made it something real that can be addressed and like once you make it real then you can do something about it i mean i you know exactly i i grew up i mean from i don't know from the age of 12 i mean it, it correlates perfectly when i when i figured out that what i was was gay it worked out perfectly that i also then developed an incredible unhealthy body image um and that was driven purely 
by the media representation of gay men as these chiseled, mm-hmm. oiled, hairless, muscled, you know, bodies of perfection that genetically I just wasn't going to be. I mean, I remember you know right. by by the age of whatever age i started you know growing chest hair and all that and feeling like embarrassed by it and feeling like ashamed of having body hair and what's so interesting is that i mean i got more comfortable with it cuz i just got more comfortable with my body but it was also like in correlation with the acceptance of body hair the the acceptance of chest hair is like oh no don't shave your chest having body hair is not disgusting that trope can go that i could then feel more comfortable yep. And so there's absolutely a correlation, and I mean, the the unhealthy standards that gay men and that and that women are held to. I mean, there's there's so many parallels, um, and it's it's totally. by totally. seeing these body types uh. that are that are determined by genetics as much as they're determined by extreme lifestyle. Somebody whose job it is to be a model and to look a certain way, and then yeah. of course the other element sexualized right women yeah. and gay men are sexualized in the media right yeah absolutely. right. And of course, the other element that we can't deny is fucking Photoshop. I mean, they're talking all about Facetune and all that shit. Like, you know, you can't yeah, win against yeah. Photoshop. Every single image in mass media is Photoshopped. We all know this. And so, um, yeah, so this issue is, of course, incredibly important to talk about, even if it feels a little, you know, a little, a little forced sometimes. It's like, I'd rather it be forced than not talked about. Me too. Um, I, I think it's... Oh, it's kind of cathartic, right, to be able to talk about it uh, yeah. openly. Um, yeah. You know, and, and also not even just – and I, I want to just say this because on the show they talked about anorexia and bulimia. But binge eating is one of the most prevalent eating disorders in the gay community. Mm. Um, yeah. that, they, that people are overeating because they are emotionally eating. Right. Uh, to protect themselves, right? So – and especially I believe in America where it's easier to, you know – pack on that protection because of, of the types of food we have here. So, right. uh, you know, just, just a shout out for any type of eating disorder, like talk to somebody about it because chances are they're struggling too. Oh yeah. I mean, I think that you are, you are not alone. I think that that is a, that is absolutely true. You um, are not alone. Exactly. Yeah. A little <laughs> musical interlude moment. All right, Mary. All right, Mary. Yeah. Um, all right. All right, Mary. Well, let's, let's lighten things up. Yeah. We're going to go to the reason why this show is amazing because let me tell you, Rue looked stunning on this runway. She, you know, she, yeah, I, I think, I think Shay put it really well. Uh, what was her quote? She was like, um, Oh, I have it written down here, and I'm not. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. She, oh, she's like, Mama, you look so good tonight. It's damn near sinful. And I was like, Shelley, <laughs> like, ooh, girl, look at you. She's winning. She's winning. Oh, she she's got two fistfuls of oats that she's just feeling, you know. And I was just like, <laughs> live for it, live for it, go for it. Oh, um, so so anyway, so we have Rue look, looking stunning. I have to say that Michelle Visage. Um, look like look great, and she looked like Moira Kelly from The Cutting Edge. Do you know who that is? Oh, Topic. Yeah, right. Is that is Topic. that? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yes, yes, that's Moira Kelly. Yeah, that's what she looked like. Yeah, look her up. You'll see. Yeah, she looked good. Uh, you know, I I really enjoyed. Um, I liked the little interaction with Todrick and Rue of like Todrick saying I smell a Tony and Rue saying Tony Danza, and then Todrick saying more like Tony Braxton. <laughs> oh, I can breathe again, and I was like. 
I mean, okay, that's cute, but I was like, Tony Danza can still get it. I'm not saying nothing, but, like, we don't need to ask who the boss is, Tony. You can have whatever you want. Like, I'm just... Still. Oh, I've always, I've always oh, found God. Tony Danza super hot. Even, if, like... Oh, well, Tony Danza on taxi. That makes one of us. Uh, really? <laughs> oh, you don't. Oh, Tony Danza. Oh, ah, yeah. he's cute. He's cute. I mean, I'm not gonna like. I don't know. I don't lust for him, Colin. And this oh. is such. It's such an interesting moment that you like latched on. I. What can I say? Tony Danza. Like, I mean, I, I, my tastes are very clear. I'm attracted to Kamora's monkey sidekick and Tony Danza. You can find me a man who's somewhere in between those two. Will do just fine. All right, Mary. I'm putting that out there to our Marys. <laughs> we uh, let's talk about Kardashians the musical. Yeah. So this was clearly, I don't know. It felt like Hamilton, like it was kind of a Hamilton send off or parody. And to be honest with you, I thought it started off like, well, like well mm-hmm. enough. I was like, OK, this is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And then they went into the songs and the songs just weren't good. Like I wasn't feeling them. I mean, this to me is actually I know we said about the cheerleader episode that the cheerleader episode was kind of like Glamazonian Airways. But I feel like this is now the Glamazonian Airways where we get to see more individual queens and more individual moments and Obviously, Glamazonian Airways, I, I mean, it was brilliantly produced. But yeah. this one, for some reason, the songs just kind of were a little lackluster. And I don't have much to say about it because, you know, the challenge is the challenge and we saw who did well. Obviously, Alexis slayed every move, every gesture, every face. There was something there. And it was fucking phenomenal, right? Oh, but yeah. But obviously, you have Cynthia, who didn't know the words. And for me, the other standout... Besides Shea Coulee, clearly, was Sasha. She was very Katya. She was this very, like, weird, odd, like, spreading her legs kind of skank on the runway. And I just loved it. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, because those, like, the um, Sasha and uh, Trinity Taylor, I mean, those roles were a little throwaway. I mean, Trinity Taylor yeah. was giving me Kira Sedgwick realness. I was like, calm fast, <laughs> Trinity Taylor. Calm oh, fast. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> totally. Which is, I think, the second or third Kira Cedric reference we've had on All Right, Mary. So, uh, what are you gonna do? Um, oops. But all right, Kira. All right, Kira. Uh, so I, you know, I agree with you. I didn't. I didn't find any of the music particularly catchy. I think the only part, the only thing that was catchy was Momager. I thought that little like, uh, you know, yeah, that was that was cute. Um, I these are here's my thoughts on this musical. I. I think that much like we've seen on Snatch Game, Gia Gunn, it's really hard to make a Kardashian interesting. Like, what makes them interesting is how not interesting they are. You know what I mean? And so I think what was difficult about this, and I kind of get why they did it, instead of this being a parody, it was almost too safe. You know, it was like... They needed to produce something that Chris and Chloe and and Kim that all the Kardashians would promote. You know what I mean? And obviously, Chloe is a, a returning oh, sure. judge on the show. Like they were being really gentle about it. Um, you know, I I, I think I that makes sense that you'd want them to promote it. You know, I don't know. I feel like with um, the Kardashians, like they kept saying, like, "Oh, you could have been more Chloe, or you could have been more Courtney, or whatever." Um, but to me, first of all, if you don't watch that show, which I don't, like you, you wouldn't know how to be more Kendall or Kylie, right? I mean, there's that aspect, and then the the, the the second aspect for me is like, 
you're going to ask them to be these vapid people. I don't know how I would be these characters when they don't really have character. Well, yeah. I mean, this was kind of like in season seven when they were doing the the parody videos and there was um, Jane Dior Fierce and Max and uh, I don't remember who the third one was. But um, oh, and Violet and uh, Max. They were doing uh, they were doing a parody of Sissy That Walk, and Max was kind of playing this Courtney character. And Michelle was like, "Well, I need you to be like more more funny, more Courtney." And Max was like, "The problem is Courtney doesn't have much personality. Like she doesn't come across as like a big personality. So it's kind of hard to like give you anything because I don't really have much in the well to pull from." And I think that this was a right. similar situation, like. I don't really have much to work with. I mean, Alexis being the exception. It was like, um, it was like Di- uh, Princess Diana, right? With Tanya. Yes. It was like, well, what was she supposed to do? Right. Yeah. She wasn't given much to work with. And I mean, Alexis was nuanced as fuck. I mean, oh, she, yes. every moment yes. with when she was taking pictures, and the, like, she was stealing the show. She was really, yeah. keep, I, I was so, every time they cut back to her, I was like, oh, I just want to see more of this. Um, but, you know, I think that if they weren't playing it safe, it would have been awesome if they included a Caitlyn Jenner oh in this. My God. Can you imagine if they had oh the balls? I don't know. I, I mean, they, that would have taken a lot of balls, Colin. Yeah. No, I know. But, like, <laughs> if you want to make the Kardashians interesting, you include Caitlyn Jenner. Like, come on. Wow. Because if you think about it, wow. like, Lindsay Lohan, Paris Hilton, like, these are throwaway roles for a Kardashian musical. Sure. Where it's like, Caitlyn... Sure. No, that would have been that would have been the yeah. gag. Did you Caitlyn Jenner drag? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, that would um, be interesting. That would be. But interesting. Oh, I mean, I, I just think they probably that was too. They just, I think that was too tricky. I guess. Um, sure, sure, right, right. Especially because Rue has been getting a lot of you know flack from the trans community in general, so it, right. it makes sense that she would avoid. Right, right. I mean, they they definitely were avoiding all of all of the pain points. I mean, they kind of glossed over the the Kim Kardashian sex video, uh, like it was, it was a little kiss uppy, you know. Like it, 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 they just play, played it safe, and I get why they did it. Yeah. Um, but and unfortunately, like the material in and of itself, the source material doesn't stand up well on its own. So, uh, you know, I. I think that Shay was great and deserved the win. I do think that that role was basically designed to steal the show. You know what I mean? Like, all she had to do was do or, it or well, fail. and she did. Or fail. Or, com- oh, yeah. Or fail mm-hmm. completely. But, yeah, you're right. You're right. right. Well, the, the way that the the way the role was written, the way that it happened, was so something that would make Rue laugh. You know what I mean? She loves that shit. She loves someone, like, yeah. coming in and going, oh, wait a minute. Hold on. You know what I mean? She loves that kind of, like... Uh, that attitude and that character who comes in and disrupts other things. I think there's something about that that feels like Rue's sense of humor. And so all Shay had to do was do what what that role was saying, you know, because like just the way that it the way that it broke into the other song. I mean, it was like it was kind of like last week when we were talking about the interview with Naya Rivera. All you have to do is not fuck this up and you win, you know? Yeah, right. Um. The last thing I have to say about the musical is, uh, I don't know if this is like a quote that I don't get, but the final line streaming on DVD doesn't really make any sense. I just put that out there. Um, I don't understand how you stream something on DVD. Um, maybe this is a Kardashian oh, reference I don't get. So, 
Um, yeah, let us know if it is. Yeah. Know. Actually, I don't know if we'd love to know, but we'd be curious to know. Yeah, it, you know, it would resolve something, certainly. Sure. So, uh, so the runway, the runway, faux fur, faux fur, fox fur. Faux fur. Yeah, fox fur, uh, another somewhat rush runway again, which uh, one or two is fine. Oh, you mean, but... wait, 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 Colin, Colin, you mean a Russian runway? Oh, all right, Mary. Oh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, right, welcome Mary. back for an encore, somebody's dad. Uh, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> um, bringing the puns, bringing the dad jokes, tip a bitch. Come on, puns. Come on, puns. So, uh, blink and you uh, miss Yeah, you it. know, I, I don't know. Maybe we could talk about the, t- the top looks or the, yeah. the bottom looks. I don't know. Well, for, for me, there were two. Two standout ones that were absolutely fantastic. And it was, to be honest with you, I love Cynthia's Spotted Leopard. Two looks in one look. I just thought yeah. it was so glamorous. Yeah, I actually so really, I, I like that. And then the other too. one was the Coupe de Ville was Nina Bonina Brown and uh, the Mary J. Blige realness. Oh, it was fabulous. Oh, Coupe de Ville. I thought that was great. Um, you know, I and, and uh, I did really like Sasha's Russian look. I thought that was uh, just different and and interesting and clever strong. and yeah strong. and definitely a strong look you know alexis let's just talk about let's just talk about it let's just talk about alexis <laughs> and the moment she sure. needed to have on this runway to get the feedback she right. needed to hear which is that like yeah you need to step it up with these looks because right. that Right. Was... Stop playing it safe. Why are you playing it safe? You got to yeah. wow them every chance you get. And if you don't wow them, at least you took a risk, girl. Right. You didn't wear something you bought at Nordstrom Rack. Like, <laughs> yeah, was, don't. I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, all, all sorry, I was not see... sorry, but like, sorry, not on. sorry. All I was seeing was like middle of winter going to the Cheesecake Factory at Short Hills Mall. Like, that's what I was seeing. I was not, <laughs> you know what I mean? I was just like, no, I'm not getting Studio 54. I'm getting kind of like, uh, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not getting that. I'm, I'm seeing a really simple blue dress that you yep, should not, not have. Studio 54. No, no. There, there was, uh, there was, that was not a reveal. That was not something to reveal. And I think that uh. we'll get into this, but girl, how did you not see this? You know what I mean? Like, how did you not see that there was nothing? Oh, again, the reason she didn't see it is because she was so goddamn confident. She was so yeah. goddamn confident that this was hers. And then yeah. she gets on the runway and she's like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. My yeah. concept didn't work. And she knows she's going to lose it to Shay. Oh, God, I felt so bad. What? Be- oh, because so in, bad. in the challenge itself, Alexis... It was hers to win. She had the she lead role. She, she was the best one. Yeah, she, she got to pick her role. Yeah. Yeah. She yeah. should have won. And to know that it wasn't her performance that made her lose the challenge, that's tough. That's, right. I mean. Well, you know, and next week we'll see. She has Snatch Game and then has the chance to wow them on the runway. So maybe she, next week she's going to be like, okay, Madonna, here we come. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Oh, I mean, it, really, my eye next week is, it, I mean, because Snatch Game is her challenge to win almost more than this one. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, I really is, hope it's Barbara Streisand. I really hope it's Barbara. Well, now we know it won't be Chris, which is, which I think is good. I think it's good that she's not going to do really, Jennifer Snow. Yeah. Like, her opportunity to pull out her Chris illusion was perfectly utilized in a role where she didn't have to come up with the lines, you know? Uh, right. I I think Barbara would 
I mean, she'd be a fool. She's to either going to do Barbara or she's going to do Liza. It's either going to be Barbara or Liza, and both have not been done. I don't think has Liza been done on the Snatch Game? No, Kasha Davis no. was going to do her, but did not make it. So, um, so yeah, I'd be happy to see either of them. Oh, could you know? be her. Yeah, yeah. I know yeah, that. I think, um, I think she and she will. She will kill both of them. So. Yeah, I know that Jinx Monsoon does Liza on the Battle of the Seasons tour when they do Snatch Game. She's done Liza, but other than that, you know, uh, we have not seen it. So. We shall see, but um, you know, I was uh, I was surprised. Oh, I was gonna say I was surprised that Farah didn't get red for all that green. I I thought that would be the first critique. Um, <laughs> that was that was no, it was the surprising. highlighter, it was the highlighter. Yeah, it was the green. You know, I, I think Michelle has come out and said like, you know, she doesn't really hate green. Like, it's not it's not really a thing. It's just kind of become the shtick because it happened once. You know, right. Right, and I mean, I, I think I think if she were to criticize Farah for, I mean, because Farah's look wasn't bad. It was just I'm just kind of like conditioned now that when I see green on the runway, I just immediately go back to like Madame Laqueer wearing green on the runway, and that was I think where it really started, which is fair. Yeah. Oh, that is where it started. Yeah. Um. um so do you, it's, wait, did you just say it's fair, Amon? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Dad's back for one more. Get any singles left in that <laughs> left in your pocket? She's petitioning now. Oh, oh here boy, all night. I'm here all night. She's here all night. Yeah, <laughs> tip your waitress; she'll fall right over. So let's move on to the lip sync. Uh, it was "Woman Up" by Megan Trainer, which was a good song. I mean, it had a lot of energy. Um, yeah, and to be perfectly honest with you, it um, Cynthia to me, Cynthia would have won um, had had it just been them. Because Farrah was to me, she just seemed so dead in the eyes. Yeah, well, you, you know, know, I agree. I think that um, I think that if it were an elimination, Cynthia would have won. It was similar to like Kimura, where I just like I wasn't getting like in terms of Farrah, like I just wasn't getting enough. Like I was just getting kind of like. You're just kind of like you've had about like three vodka sodas and you're feeling good and you're like yeah I'm ready to dance yeah I totally want to go dance like that's <laughs> that was who this girl was and um, it just yeah yeah it wasn't it, I I feel like Cynthia I mean you know yeah Cynthia was was giving you moves she was she was hitting the beats she should have she would have made it not that she was amazing but just in comparison of the two yeah well she had great moves she was very energetic you know the the split i thought was just a little lackluster but that could also have just been the editing it just you know what the whole thing was really lackluster and for me i feel like it was just a little under the radar editing wise because they knew that eureka was going to go home yeah and and they eventually brought out the the elephant on the runway and brought her out and they made her you know crutch forward to tell her that she had to crutch back to go home. <laughs> right. It was like, really, guys? You couldn't have just said, Eureka, we get it. You got a torn ACL. It's kind of the point of the re- point we're bringing you up here for. Like, don't move. Like, you've done enough. Uh, we- we've avoided a lawsuit up until now. Let's not push our, our luck in any bit, you know? Um the, right, right. This whole moment where where Rue left the stage and all that, this was such a season one throwback. Um, she did this mm. with the BB on Gina lip sync, and she needed to leave so she could make her decision because they were both such like fierce competitors, and she didn't know who to choose. Um, apparently, I get this is also tea from the Roscoe's viewing party. Apparently, Rue is gone for like a half hour, and like you know, oh, wow. 
Because I mean, which is interesting because it's like, obviously this is all production, right? Like what they wouldn't be like, okay, they've had the lip sync. Oh, wait, 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 Rue, hold on. Like, we need to talk to the doctor. Like, this is this is similar to, like, when Willem got eliminated in season four. They knew they were going to send her ass home long before the lip sync. But they're making a TV show. And so they had to do this. Right. And I I get that. Right. Um, so there's that element of, like, okay, this is all produced. But then there's – I felt like the reactions from the queens especially – oh, God. Pheromone. When – when she started to sob, I was like, this is how people cry when they watch the movie Dear Zachary. That's how you cry. What You know what? I, you've seen that movie, right? No, I haven't seen it. You haven't? Oh, okay, well, Mary and Mary's listening. Here's what you got to do. Don't read anything about it. Find it on Netflix. Make no plans for the rest <laughs> of the day. And prepare to be ruined by Dear Zachary. I... <laughs> I mean, I I can't even like the the Dear Zachary. It's kind of like it's like if you've watched Six Feet Under, and with the way people talk about the last episode of Six Feet Under, it's like mm-hmm. you just look at each other and go, "Oh God, oh I." But this is like the last episode of Six Feet Under is beautiful and upsetting. Dear Zachary is just upsetting. I can't even. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. It's so upsetting, uh, and it's going to drag this whole fucking thing down. So we're going to move on, but. Give that that's the context of the way Pharaoh was just ugly crying in that moment. I teared up every time I watched the episode in the past couple of days, taking notes, uh, when she started to cry because it was just so oh, it's just such an it's such a human cry, you know what I mean? It was like not performed. She's so tired, right? She's She's so so tired, and she's just so oh, it was just I don't know what it was about that moment, but like. Uh, I, it made that whole thing when they all were just like, like when, when Rue called Eureka's name and Cynthia gasped and I was just like, like, I guess because it really has been RuPaul's best friend race and RuPaul's best group therapy race. Like I felt like what was happening with those girls on that stage was so real, even in a very produced moment, you know? Okay. Yeah, I know for sure. That makes sense. I agree with that. That being said, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, but I think it'd be interesting to talk about why the, oh, Eureka's elimination is actually really good for her. Um, okay, sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, go for it. Yeah. I mean, I just think that, like, well, it's unfortunate that she had to go home. I think that she was sent home with a lot of dignity and, of course, being told, like, open invitation for season 10, which I'm sure she's going to take. Eureka... She now gets to be on – okay, first of all, she gets to tour as part of season nine. So she, her career as a drag race girl has already started. And then instead of having to worry about becoming irrelevant when the new season starts, which we've already seen a lot of girls from season eight struggle with and previous seasons, like they're no longer the you know soup of the day, uh, Eureka gets to come back and then be on season 10 and be on TV again, yeah. and she comes with a built-in yeah. storyline. They're not going to send that bitch home first. We're here to see Eureka do what we didn't get to see her do in season nine. Like, this is, like, the best thing to ever happen to a queen. I mean, like... I mean, yeah, when, when life gives you lemons, right, put rhinestones on it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what's happening here. She just has to make the best of this. It sucks that she ha- that she couldn't control how she left. Yeah. But... You can't control life. You can't control these things. And, and things happen for a reason. And clearly, you know, 
which she said, I think, in the Untucked or at the end of the episode, like things happen for a reason. And the reason is, is that she's going to be very successful for two, you know, for two seasons. Yeah. So, yeah, more power to her. I'm happy that she's going to be back. I, I enjoyed her. I thought she was great drama. I want to see her lip sync. My mm-hmm. God, I want to see her lip sync. Oh, yeah. It's unfortunate we did not get to see her lip sync. But I, I think what I'm what I'm looking forward to when I think about Eureka in season 10 is I think about kind of what what we saw when she was helping the other girls with the sewing, what we saw in Untucked when Pharaoh was was crying and she's like, I'm pretty sure I'm lip syncing. And Eureka was like, well, do you know the song? And Pharaoh's like, yeah. And she's like, well, then you'll be fine. You know, Eureka, right. it's interesting. Last episode, we talked about how she and Trinity, it was like Trinity was being the adult in the room and Eureka was not. But what I really saw this episode was Eureka's capacity to be a drag mother and her capacity to be an adult in the room. And if we could see more of that in season 10, I think it's Eureka at her best. I think it's the it's oh, absolutely wow. Eureka at her best. And I'd love to see more of that mm-hmm. in season 10. So um, I'm ex- if, if that's what we get, if we get like a, a Eureka who's like, okay – I know what this is like. I'm coming in a little bit seasoned. I'm coming in like I I am the I am the the veteran here. Similar to Cynthia in season 9, um I if she could tap into that drag mother quality that she's really sh- been showing in fits and starts of season 9, I think that she has got a storyline and a character arc that could totally take her to top 3. Okay, so we are moving on to the Interior Illusions Lounge, or now the Untucked Lounge, mm-hmm. uh, where there's not much to say, but before we talk about the, the, the big, biggest thing that has happened, which mm-hmm. is, makes sense to me because Untucked has been Alexis's realm, and now we get to see it kind of come full circle. Yeah. But um, I, before we talk about Alexis, I do want to mention how fucking awesome valentina's shoes were like oh my god she designed and made those yeah well i i agree i mean i i agree i i appreciate anybody who's artistic and and the work that goes into stoning something i'm i'm gonna be a little bitch and i'm gonna have to just say you know there are certain sort of uh neurotic things in this world that i don't like or have a very strong response to um air guitar being something i don't really like uh transitional lenses rollerblading and adding to that list is the way valentina says the word crystals i don't know what it is it is nails on a (laughs) chalkboard to me i i just can't i thought you were gonna talk about how I thought you were going to talk about how she uh, talks about um, singing and how, or how she starts singing that really high note. And I was oh. like, why, why, why? No, yeah. no, no, stop, stop. <laughs> I mean, that was, that was very annoying. And if I was in the room, especially if I was like not feeling, if I was feeling a little tired at that point or a little stressed, I would have been like, okay, Valentina, enough. We get it. Stop self-producing. I'm I'm tired of what you're putting out. Like I would I would have I would have pulled an Aja on her and just like completely read her for filth. But no, it was uh, that. Well, that drove me nuts. There's something about the way she says the word crystals that I just I can't even. You know how like Rue and Michelle talk about there's certain words that have that are hard to say or are pleasing to say because of certain sounds or certain elements of the syntax. There's something in the syntax of the way she says crystals, like the first part of the word, that I just – I don't know what it is. I, I could be alone in this ship, but I just can't stand it. 
I just so that's that. I Those didn't are... see it, Mary. Sorry, Mary. That's all right. No, I'm I'm happy to I'm happy to own this one on my own. I just I can't have right. it. Um, I do want. We should say... talk about and move on. Oh, sorry. Oh, I... Uh, no, you... This lag that we got going on. We, we oh. keep talking over each other. Um, but we should move on to Alexis and her kind of meltdown. Yes. So, I mean, I think you make a good point that Alexis, like, Untucked has been Alexis's realm. And so it's very ironic that we now really see a, a new side of Alexis that we have not yep, seen. Yep, a new side. Morning. But you know what? It wasn't, it's not new to me in the sense that it's new on Drag Race. Like, maybe it's new to Alexis. But mm-hmm. honestly, she walked off of that runway. You could tell when she walked into that uh, back untucked room, she was very upset. Okay? So mm-hmm. first, she's very upset walking in. And then when Peppermint is talking about, like, you know, this is what they thought about me and blah, 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 blah. Alexis automatically – oh, she, she starts she, – she takes responsibility for giving Peppermint Brittany. And for me, I read that as she is starving from some validation right now. Like she's trying to talk mm. herself up because no one else is and she feels kind of low. So she's already like, well, oh, well, that's why I picked you for her. That's why I did that. I knew that was going to happen. Right. And it's kind of like, oh, my God, I feel uncomfortable. I feel uncomfortable. And then and then it happens right after the Valentina Farah moment, which was super intense and awkward. Um, right. Alexis calls over the girls and uh. she's just like, hey, I take responsibility for my, my visual choices. And then she's all like, I've helped so many of you on other days. Why didn't anyone tell me? And I'm just kind of like, girl? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was so – it was it was like a much more aggressive version of the Untucked in season eight when Dax was like, you know, do my hips – do my hip pads look lumpy? And they were like, uh, yes, they do. And it's like, well, how come nobody told me? And like Thorgy, you know, says in a talking head, she's like – it is not my job to help you and to fix your drag. It's my job to send you home. And I just right. think that, like, you know, it, there's one thing to help each other out. There's, you know, Bianca obviously, like, helped all the girls out. And I'm sure there's a lot of that. We've seen a lot of that in season eight. And I don't even negate that that Alexis helped a lot of these girls out. I'm sure that happened. But she did. She. I've done it. I've mm-hmm. done it. Oh, I've God. done it. <laughs> that moment. I've done it. It was like, oh, mom, you're so tired. You've, you've done so she, much. And then she was very New York. She was very New York when she said, if I see something, I say something. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, Mary. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah. So, no, but so uh, for, for me, the, the fact that she's like saying, oh, I helped you. You should help me. That's actually not kindness. Yeah. Kindness is not helping people expecting something back. That is not genuine. You help people because that's enough for you. That yeah. is enough to get something back. Yeah. And so what I, I did appreciate when the queens were all like, oh, you have helped us. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I didn't trust myself to tell you anything. I wouldn't want you to feel like I was throwing you under the bus and whatever. And, and she's like, well, I want the energy that I give out back. It's like, well, girl, we all do. Right. But you can't give out energy. You can't give out kindness to get it back. You give out kindness because that's that's enough. That you get you get it back just by giving it out. Exactly. So it was exactly. just it was it was really interesting to hear her kind of go through this publicly. And she says that she was tipsy uh, on social media. She said that's kind of why she uh, went like this and you know, obviously she's tired. But you know, and I don't think she's blaming the edit. I I, I think no. maybe a little bit, but I don't think she's blaming the edit. I'm I'm sure she's like, Yeah, that was fucked up. But you know, it also showed kind of her true colors. She's kind of like, oh, I'm doing this tactic to get help, and you guys aren't 
you know, making up your end of the deal. It's kind of like, ooh, girl. Faux yeah. pas. Faux fur, faux pas. Faux fur, faux pas, Mary. I know I agree. And I, I think that as well, there, there was so much about in that moment, I think there was so much frustration around like, I fucking killed this challenge. I like everything about this, like I should have in the bag. And so she knows, I mean, she, she knows that she fucked up with the look. She knows that she was not, she didn't step it up. She knows it wasn't enough. And I think there's this sense of deflection of like, well, how come nobody told me? It's like, no, that's not, that, that's not the missing piece here. The missing piece here is not that nobody was like, girl, you have better looks. Why aren't you wearing better looks? It, it's really, I mean, it, it's, it's like what Valentina was saying to Aja last week or, you know, maybe the week before, whenever it was like, you need to just pay attention to yourself. You need to pay attention to what you're doing. You need to keep your eye. You need to, like, Alexis, she said this in her Meet the Queens. She's like, my biggest competition is myself. Like, she needs to just focus on what she's doing because, yeah. like, the reality is, like, you know, as much as it's good to get feedback from the other girls, like, you need to trust your own taste and you need to trust your own instincts because, like, that's what this is really about. And I think that she needed to just own, like, okay, this is a learning moment. I'm not going to go home for this. I think it was really unfair of her to demand that Farah stay when Farah's like, um, I'm just trying to stay in this competition. So I'm pro- I'm sorry your like first world problem of not winning is is commanding this moment, but I'd like to just stay in the competition a little longer. You know? Like Sure. I didn't sure. I I didn't feel bad for Alexis when it Farah was like, I just need to learn this song right now. So like if I stay, <laughs> you can like read me the riot act for this later, but like I just I'd love to be on the next episode, you know? Uh <laughs> So I, I really yeah, good call. someone had mentioned on the subreddit they were like, Ugh, Alexis is such a theater kid and I was like, Hmm mm-hmm. that's an interesting context. It's true, right? I mean it's also true, but um it was yeah. an interesting context for this moment. Do you have anything uh anything more to add for Untucked before we talk about next week? I mean, I guess the only thing I would have to say is that, you know, uh I, I I wonder if Peppermint had officially claimed miscongeniality in this moment um, from Alexis. <laughs> uh, and I also wanted to give credit for um, that really cute moment of Cynthia doing the memorial for the broken chair. Uh, I thought that was just like a very cute moment, but I also felt like not to be no pun intended, too heavy handed about it, but I felt like she had deflected a potentially shameful moment for Eureka. You know, I think that um, people who are, oh, big, yeah, people who yeah. are bigger often talk about like, oh, like that fear of breaking a chair in public and things like that. And I think that there was something very kind about Cynthia saying, like, taking that moment and turning it into something else and making it really funny. I just, I, it speaks again right. to just kind of how lovely Cynthia is. Uh, she's, she's so lovely. She's yeah. so lovely. So. Well, next week we have uh, Snatch Game and yes. Madonna on the runway. Madonna 2.0. Let's hope that they do things more interesting than yeah. season eight. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, and I'm really excited for Snatch Game. I can't believe it's so soon. I can't I know. believe it's so soon. I know. I mean, and it's crazy because Snatch Game, I mean, it's not the midway point necessarily of the season, but it's like, it's, I think in the competition, it's, you know, we've talked about this, like, it's definitely like, Oh my god, Marco is losing his shit right now. He is so excited about Snatch Game. Um, but I <laughs> I think that, you know, we've talked about this, that Snatch Game is, I mean, it's a checkpoint. It's the gauntlet. It's where we really kind of 
separate who we think is really going to the top and who's really going to struggle here. And I think it shows the judges and it shows Rue, like, who's got potential here. And so there's a lot well, riding then on who this are, challenge. Who are, your, who are your predictions? Well, I mean, I, 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 it's Alexis's to win. I think that she – I would love to see her redeem herself with – snatch game and a solid madonna look i think that shay has got all the qualities necessary to do well um i think that eureka would have given us a fabulous honey boo boo that's my prediction but we'll probably see that in season 10 uh i think that uh, what about who's going home who's going home Colin? that's that that's the, the big question i think i think the queens i'm concerned about i i don't know how quick valentina or farah are going to be on their feet in snatch game i I don't know one way or the other about Trinity. Um, I, you know, I mean, even Peppermint. I think that she is so charming, but I think about how she stumbled in the in the um, morning show challenge, and I'm concerned about her stumbling again in this. But uh, okay, I don't know. I mean, I just I think that I think that Shay is obvious. She is our. I think she's our first front runner, and. Um, okay. what, what we see from her in Snatch Game is either going to cement that or put that into question. Well, if you have any other thoughts, Mary listeners out there, you can always email us. Excuse me, I'm all stuffy. Email us at allrightmarypodcast at gmail.com or you can reach out to us on Twitter, Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, at allrightmary. And of course, you guys know my spiel, is you can also head over to iTunes, where so many of you have left really fabulous reviews and five-star ratings, and more are always welcomed, because I have found this season, there are so many people doing uh, Drag Race recaps, which is awesome. It's great to see so many people feeling this passionate about it that they want to talk about it. And so it's kind of like, you know, which one do you want to listen to? Which one should people, you know, put their time and energy towards? And I think that... Obviously, the reviews tell people, you know, who to make a choice about. And so if you feel like All Right Mary is worth people's time and it's worth your own, then sing out, Louise. You know, let them know. Uh, We would certainly appreciate it. And our last uh, kind of installation, our last segment we will leave you with is our last chance lip sync. Mm. And this week we have a very exciting one. It is another Shirley Bassey tune because... Who doesn't love to lip sync to Shirley Bassey? This one is called This Is My Life. So I'm going to leave it there. Uh, I hope you all have a wonderful week, and we will see you next time for Snatch Game. Can't wait till then. I guess all that's left for me to say is bye. Bye.